funny. Just when you think you have it all figured, in a heartbeat, it changes again. Storm clouds came from the east. Yellow Pat, do you like that? Do you? It's an old Joe Stafford number. I do it in my act. I'm recording this, by the way, through the Vocal Star 2000, a karaoke machine. It's state of the art with internet hookup and everything. Now, Serge, you're probably saying to yourself, What the hell are you talking about, George? What act? Well, as a matter of fact, Pat, that little number that I sang, it has everything to do with everything. It's my way of explaining to you I've moved on. I'm no longer a cop. I'm no longer the person you sent to Spain three days ago. Something has happened here. Something bad. I'll begin at the beginning. It's last Friday. My bags are packed. I'm briefed at the station. I go to the airport. I get on the plane. I find a seat. I get comfortable and then she sits beside me. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. She's wearing dark glasses. She's beautiful. Beautiful and sad at the same time. You can see what's happening, Pat. It's your bog-standard love song. It's in 4-4 time and so far the moon is rhyming with June. So I say to her, Want a drink? And she says, No, thanks. So I say, Go ahead, have a drink. I'm not paying for it, she says. If you insist. I say, which part of Spain are you going to? Place called Playa de Arlandias. So I say, hey, me too, I can show you around. Again, it's all Engelbert Humberdink. Then quietly the tune invites in a minor key. I'm not going to Spain for a holiday. I should have left it at that. I should have just shut up and left it at that. But no, I had to play the cop. I say, look. I really shouldn't be telling you this, but I'm not going to Spain for a holiday either. I'm a cop. I'm there to investigate a murder. She says. What murder? I sense she's impressed, so I act all cool. Oh, it's nothing really. Why is that? It's run-of-the-mill stuff. Some little scumbag, shall we call him, must have pissed off some other little scumbag so much so that the first little scumbag gets his head bashed in and winds up dead on the beach. It's all drug-related shenanigans. The usual. And she says... What makes you so sure? So I say, it's always drugs. Real casual, like, out of the side of my mouth, like I know what I'm talking about. I say, there's nothing to investigate because nobody will talk. Nobody ever talks, case dismissed. And that will leave us plenty of time to hit the bars. What do you think? And then Pat, she hits me with the offbeat and the whole melody line comes crashing down off the stave. She says, You know that little scumbag you were talking about? Yeah. The little scumbag who ended up dead on the beach. Yeah. I'm his mother. The rest of the flight was in silence. When we came into land, I tried to apologise. All she said was... Save it. I don't like cops. Garda Gibney. That's me. 
A driver was waiting for me at the airport. Eduardo's man. He drove me into play at the Irlande, or as the expats call it here, the George Bernard Shore. You ever get a jolly out here, Pat? I don't think you did. Let me paint you a postcard. It's a small resort in the south of Spain. Each bar is designed to remind the punters of the one thing that they are trying to get away from. Home. There's the Brendan Bean Bistro, the Dolly Mount Strand, the Matt Talbot S&M Club. There's even a VD clinic called All Kinds of Everything. You get the picture. I got myself booked into a little dump called the Arbor Hilton. I threw my bag in the bed and after my complimentary glass of coddle, I put a call into Eduardo. I needed a meet. Talk about our Sean Doe on the beach. We arranged the hook-up at 7pm at the Donnymount Strand. The karaoke starts at 8. I wanted business out of the way. Hey, George, nice to see you again. Detective Rodriguez. How are you, bien? Bien. <laughs> so, Eduardo, what do I have? It's not murder. What is it? Suicide. Okay, so give me the 11850. We have a 19-year-old male. Sean Lynch is the name. Guy took his boss's boat out one night and jumped off it. Witnesses said he was off his head on junk. His body was in the soup for a few days before it washed up yesterday morning. I thought he was beaten up. The rocks did that. Can I see the body? You have to see the body. You're the liaison officer. So what else do we know about this guy? Not much. He's been here since September. No trouble. He works for a Paul Costello, a local businessman. It was his boat. What about the mother? What? The men are on the plane. Oh, that's right. You're a single man again. Hey, 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 that's got nothing to do with this. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know anything about her. I'll put a call in. Sorry, I lost the head. Divorce is difficult. Tell me about it. How are your two boys? She's given them Polish names now. That's terrible. I guess the names Frank and Dean are a bit of a mouthful in Gdansk. Look, I promised myself some karaoke time. Do you want to stick around? I'll put your name down. No, 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 no. You go on, George. Go on. Enjoy yourself. It's a Spaniard. I see you in the morning. Eduardo made his exit. Talking about the ex-wife got me a bit melancholy. That and the fact that the Dolly Mount Strand serves a mean Bull Island iced tea. Lovely. Who chose this one for me, Fergus? Ah, I'm more a Tom Jones man, but I'll give it a lash. I always like to know this. Now, girls, you all know the words, don't you? Put them down, though he's not yours. I know what your hands might be relaxed. All right, here we go. Ready? I'm in the mood for dancing, romancing. Oh, I'm giving it all tonight. I'm in the mood for chancing. I feel like dancing, so come on and hold me tight, dancing. Yeah, I'm in the mood, babe, so let the music play. Oh, dancing. I'm in the mood, babe, so get up and let your body sway. Hello? Hello? It's Stephen. Who? Star Street, Stephen. Oh, what do you want? Well, you rang me, Monkey Features. When? Last night. Left a message. 
Said it was of vital importance. I could barely hear you over the music in the background. You're having a nice time over there. What have you got? Not much. The kid's name is Sean Lynch. I know that. Will you hang on a second? I pulled the file on the female as well. Good man. Maureen Lynch. Maureen? Nice. What age is she? Forty. Married? No, widowed. That's why we have a file. Her husband was shot outside the bunker 14 years ago. Anything else about her I should know? Like what? Like anything else I should know? Any detail that could come into play? Oh, yeah. She's a Gemini. That's in the file? Yeah. It also says her favourite colour is blue. She likes the Beatles. And... What? If you like pina colada... I'm getting caught in the rain. Stephen... This is serious. Stephen, this is serious, mate. If I'm, you have a brain, I'm here to liaise. Oh, no, good night, Irene. Say yes, not even karaoke. Ah, I'm going back to bed. When I arrived outside the morgue, Maureen was smoking. I didn't know what to say to her, so I didn't say anything. I walked right past her, saying nothing. Stupid. I looked ignorant. I was here to liaise after all. You see what's happening here, Sarge? Already she had me messing with the chickens in my head. Eduardo was inside with the coroner. A bit of a problem, senor. What? We've no translator. Why not? It's my brother-in-law. He's sick. You can do it. And do my wife's little brother out of a dice wages. <laughs> Forget it. Where is he? Maureen had come in from the outside. Yes, hello, Maureen. Mrs. Lynch to you, if you don't mind. Where is he? Where's Sean? He's through there, Mrs. Lynch. Can I see him? Uh, can she? Can she? Who the fuck is in charge here? I am. Uh, we both are. This is your liaison officer, Detective Garda George Gibney from Dublin. He will assist you in any way. I've met him already. Who are you? Detective Eduardo Rodriguez, investigating officer on this side. So why have you investigated? Sorry? What happened to my son? Well, we have the coroner's report, but we don't have an official translator. You speak English? Yes, but not officially. By the end of the week, we'll get one. The end of the week? Can I see him, at least? I think that would be all right. Alone. Okay, guys, come on, let's do They lifted the sheet. The kid on the table didn't look the best. Well, I know he was dead and all that, but I'd seen better-looking corpses. This kid, well, the side of his head was all mashed in. There was bruising all over his body. When she saw him, Maureen took a deep breath. I thought she was going to collapse. Instead, she held steady and muttered, I left the room. I left Maureen to be alone with her son. After five minutes she came out. Eduardo held up a black plastic bag. It was her son's clothes. He gave her the form. Could you sign these? These would belong to his fiancée. Has anybody been here? No. Nobody has been here. His fiancée? His employer? No. Do you not think that's strange? No. How exactly did he die? 
Jesus. She stormed outside. She left the bag, so I grabbed it. Here, let me light that for you. You forgot this, your son's stuff. Can you call me a taxi? Sure. Look, what happened inside, it was nothing personal. The Spanish, they're just sticklers. Just call me a taxi. I know how you feel. Do you? I do. I've lost someone close to me in tragic circumstances. Who? My wife and kids. Really? What was it? An accident? No. A divorce. That's different. I'm just trying to let you know where I'm coming from. I wish I'd go back to where you're coming from. Taxi? The taxi pulled up. I couldn't just let her go like that. I was falling in love, Pat. I don't care who knows it. So I said something stupid. I said... Look, I can tell you what's in the report. What happened? I can't tell you here. Where then? Do you like fish? What? Do you like fish? What are you talking about? There's a little fish restaurant in the town. The George Hook. It's nice. Just lovely fish. Shrimp. In fact, they do taste their menu. Plus, afterwards, there's karaoke. We can go there. What time? Eight. She got into the taxi. I went back to the hotel for a well-earned siesta. The hook was jam-packed. I was in luck. There was a window seat and it was 70s night. Hey, George, welcome back. Ah, you're all right, Fergus. How are you? Very well. What can I get you? Uh, give me a Bull Island. In fact, make it two. Oh, expecting company? Yeah. A lady. Fergus gave me a wink. Hey, hey, it's business. The kid on the beach? Yeah, his mother, yeah. Do you know anything? No. Oh, come on, Fergus. Everybody knows something about something around here. He was a wild kid. Troubled, I'd say. Did he ever come in here? Yeah. Him and his girlfriend. She hadn't a chance. Why is that? It got crowded. There was him, there was her, and there was these demons. The demons won. You singing tonight? Uh, yeah, maybe. I'll pencil you in. Fergus went and got the drinks. You know, there was something luxurious about a cold drink in a warm climate. Like the drink John Mills has in that film, Ice Cold and Alex. Did you know, Pat, I did the stage version when I was in the Dublin New Theatre? I did. Well, it was just like that. Except I'm not sitting in a makeshift sandpit in Gardiner Street and the Northside News critic isn't calling my performance ham-fisted. One of those mine. Before I could answer, she was sitting down with a drink in her hand. I took the liberty. She drank it in one. I called to Fergus for two more. You've been here before? Yeah, this is my third trip. I'm the guy they call when when scumbags wash up on the beach sorry about that I was sorry she wore a loose summer dress her dark hair hung down over her shoulders I wanted her bad I wasn't sorry about that do you want the menu? no I'm not hungry right I suppose we should talk about your boy what else were we going to talk about? She was all business. 
So that's how I played it. He wasn't killed. I thought you said he was killed. That was something that just came down the pipe back in Dublin. But it was premature. So what happened to him? Was it an accident? No. Well, if he wasn't killed, and it wasn't an accident, how did he die? It was suicide. Suicide? Is that what's in the autopsy report? Yep. George, right? Yes, Mrs Lynch. George, that's bullshit. It's in the report. Then the report is bullshit. It's an official report. Then it's officially bullshit. Why would Sean commit suicide? He had his whole life ahead of him. I talked to him last week on the phone. He was working in the marina. He was engaged to be married. He said he couldn't have been happier. I know it's hard to take in. That's the thing about suicide. It's hard to take in. Your drinks? Um, thanks, Fergus. We found your tune? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. M- m- maybe not tonight, Fergus. Have you heard him sing? No. Like an angel. Yeah, not, not now, Fergus. Fergus headed back over to the bar. I continued. Eduardo? What about him? He did some checking around. Your son, well... Look, I'll just come out and say it. I know what he told you, but he was using again. Using? Yeah, you know, that's what they say the junkies using. You know, ah, man, I did too much using last night. I've got to cut down on me using. I know what using means. According to his fiancée, he was in bad shape. So one night he took one of the boats from the marina, sailed out and threw himself off it. Bad shape? Yeah, he told her he was going to clear his head. I saw his body. He was battered to death. And the report says the rocks must have done that. You believe that? Well, yeah. That's it, then. That's the extent of your investigation. I'm not sure that there's nothing more I can do. Did you talk to his fiancée? No. Did you talk to his boss? No, but Eduardo did. Are you going to... Look, I... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a second. Thank you. This is a very special song that I've been working on for a very special somebody who's out there tonight. Unbelievable. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me. They long to be close to you. Why do stars fall down from the sky every time that you walk by? Well, just like me, they long to be close to you. that you were born the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true so they sprinkled moon dust in your hair of gold and starlight in your eyes of blue and that is why all the guys in town follow you 
all around And just like me They wanna be Close to you She got up and walked out of the restaurant Before I had a chance to stop her Well Pat I thought that was it And you know maybe that should have been it But Fergus had some news You're dead What about her? She's outside She's crying She was sitting across the road by a little outdoor cafe called Nighthawks. I went over. She was really upset. It's not fair. He was my little boy. That's all she said at first. It's not fair. Look, if there's anything I can do... There is one thing. I want to see where it happens. I want to see the beach. Well, I I can do that. We'll do it in the morning. I want to go now. It was a ten-minute taxi ride from the town. When we got to the beach, there wasn't much to see. It was just, you know, a beach in the moonlight. It was here? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Where are the rocks? Pardon? Where are the rocks that beat him up? There weren't any, Pat. He must have been dumped here then. Well, you saw his body. He was fairly swollen, so he was in the water. Then they threw him off the boat. He was alone on the boat. The Coast Guard came across it empty. Where is it now? It's tied up at the marina. Let's go there. The boat was moored at the end of the marina. It was a pleasure cruiser. One of those big jobs out of a Duran Duran video. It was all locked up. You couldn't board it. At the end of the pier there was a Chinese restaurant called the Amen Dumpling. I suggested we go there. We settled by the window. After a few drinks, she started to talk about her son. Sean was such a happy kid. A good kid. We lived in the flats. But all you had to do was look out the window to see what the future held for him. Then when his dad died, I decided to get us out of there. And what exactly happened? He was shot twice in the head by some dealer. Jesus. After he was killed, we moved to Donabay. We were all right for a while. But they have drugs in Donabay too. Sean started to do a bit of dealing, a bit of using. He was put away for four years. Served too. Came out clean though, believe it or not. Nobody comes out clean from the joy. God's leaving certain there. But he didn't want to stay in Dublin, so we came over here. When's the last time you saw him? June. Last year? Yeah. Well, that's a long time. I mean, he could have been using since then. He never lied to me. <laughs> People lie to their mothers all the time. Mine thinks I'm still married. Yeah, but mothers, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Did you get a Christmas card from your mother this year? Yeah. What did it say? <laughs> to George, happy Christmas, love, ma'am. She didn't mention the wife and kids? No, actually. She knows. For a cop, you're not very observant. Yeah, well, police work wasn't my first career choice. What was? I wanted to be Serpico. He's a cop. Yeah, but I really wanted to be the guy who played Serpico. Al Pacino. That all got messed up. Now I don't know whether I'm a cop trying to be an actor or an actor trying to be a cop. Yeah, it shows. 
Look, I wish there was more that I could do for you. I'd better go. I have to book a crematorium in the morning. Well, I can help. I'm here to liaise. No, you've done enough. She put out her cigarette and headed for the door. Did we ever get that guy? Who? The guy, the dealer who... The guy who shot your husband. Of course not. What was his name? Paul Costello. I know that name. I told you, he was a dealer. No, 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 from the report. His name was in the report. He's... He was Sean's boss. He owns the boat. Can you believe it, Pat? We had a lead. Something to go on. Me with a lead. That's a bit of a first. Let's have another look at that boat. We walked back down the pier towards the boat. We passed two men in overalls talking in Spanish. One of them had one of those Pez dispensers pressed against his throat. You know the thing, Pat. A squawk box. So we can talk. Hold me hand. Yeah, we were pretending to do the old two lovers walking in the moonlight shuffle. We got to the boat. There was a light on. It was open. I peered in. There was nobody there. Let's go in. We can't. You're a cop, aren't you? You can do whatever you want. I'm not a cop here. I'm a liaison officer. I'm going in. She stepped from the pier and onto the yacht. I had to follow. I had no choice. We went down below. It was a hell of a boat. It was like the TARDIS. There was a small bar, fully stocked. A few sofas. Small dance floor. Some expensive looking furniture. Two bedrooms at the far end. And guess what they had in the corner? A karaoke machine, Pat. I was drawn to it. Leave that alone. Look over here. I reluctantly put the microphone down. She pointed to a mop and bucket. Somebody must have been cleaning up in here. There's blood in this bucket. I walked over to help when... It was the guy from the pier. He came running down the steps and burst into the room, so I did something that I haven't done outside a police cell in years. I hit the guy. I picked up a lamp from the sideboard and clattered him. Come He was out cold immediately. Come on, let's get out of here. No, wait. She opened her bag, took out a handkerchief and dipped it into the bucket. Then we stepped over the deckhand. He was coming too. I picked up his little squawk box from the floor and stuck it in my pocket. That way, it would be a while before he could call for help. Smart, huh, Pat? Smart. Right, I think we're safe now. I could do with a drink. You want to go for a drink? No. I don't want to go to another bar. Well, we don't have to go to a bar. I have a big room. We, we could take the drinks up there. Are you asking me back to your room? For drinks. What else? Snacks. Drinks and snacks? Yeah. You want me to come up to your room for drinks and snacks? Yeah. She took a long look at me. She took a step closer to me. I could smell the vodka and the John Player blew on her breath. She took my hand. She pressed the handkerchief into it. Then she pulled away. <sighs> Give this to Eduardo. Okay. Good night, George. Good night, Mrs. Lynch. I had a lot of thinking to do. 
I was here to liaise. But now I'm caught up in a quagmire. This wasn't the normal kind of murders we get. You know, they're easy to solve. It's the husband. This one was different. It required thought. Tact. Subtlety. I was in way over my head. George! What the... Wake up! Edward came barging into my hotel room like an orange parade. With a bad attitude. Edwarda, what are you doing here? I have a message. Yeah, well, I have to pee. Oh, good night, last night? What? Yeah. yeah I, got, I got a standing O and an encore. Great. Did you get anything else? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know that, that kid that washed up on the beach? I don't think it's as straightforward as it seems. And why is that? Well, look at the bedside locker there. There's a hanky. Where? At the bedside locker. Do you see it? It's full of DNA. Oh, oh, your DNA, by the looks of it. What? No, 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 the other, the bed, the other bedside locker. This? Yeah. Yeah, did you see the blood? Yeah. See, I think that might belong to where Sean Dow. Did you get this on the boat? How do you know about that? I got a complaint this morning. From who? From Paul Costello. You beat up his deck and you smashed the lamp over his head. And Paul is not happy. He loved that lamp. It was self-defense. You were on private property without any authority. Self-defense doesn't come into it. What were you thinking of? Did he file charges? I talked him out of it. But that's all right. No, it is not all right. I want you to apologize to Costello and uh, replace the lamp. What? That's the deal. Alone, as well. Don't bring Angela Lansbury with you. He will file charges otherwise. Hold on a minute, Eduardo. I am in the middle of a serious criminal investigation and your priority is to have some light fixture replaced. Now, now that, that, that doesn't scan right with me at all. What do you mean, scan? Did Serpico ever have to replace a lamp? Serpico? Yeah. Is that what you see when you look in the mirror? Serpico? I see a cop trying to make a difference in this squalid little world of ours. Yeah. Well, when I look in the mirror, I see George Clooney. But what you gonna do? Eduardo arranged for a car to pick me and my lamp up. The driver headed out of town. The road snaked its way up the coast towards the white villas nestled on the cliff face. There was money out this way. A lot of money. Eventually we came to the house. A huge white modern structure full of glass and steel it had four big pillars in front of the door like it was the GPO or something not bad for some scumbag dealer from the Mun. Eduardo's driver left me at the door and then drove away I knocked there was no answer I stood there in the blistering sun holding a lamp like some dumb delivery boy I have a strict rule about that I don't play delivery boys unless it's for equity scale. I was about to turn backwards towards the orange trees when from around the corner appeared a figure. He walked towards me. He was moving at quite a pace. I thought I knew him from somewhere, but by the time I'd figured out who it was, he'd hit me. It was the deckhand from last night. He hit me hard. I saw stars. When I got my senses back, he was helping me up. I tried to push him away, and then I heard laughter. <laughs> You deserve that. It was Paul Costello laughing. Hey, I'm a cop, remember? Not here, you're not. Not in Spain. Here, take your lamp. I'll see you later. Now relax, George. You're amongst friends. Come on round the back and have a cocktail by the pool. I heard the word cocktail and calmed down. The deckhand wiped his hands and walked away. 
What's with Squawk Box there? He got cancer? Yeah, a few years ago. They took out his vocal cords. I used to have one of those. You had cancer? No. No, but I played a cancer victim once in a play. Lost a ton of weight. Got the hair shaved. Of course, the director. He wanted to do the play as written. But I argued with him. I said, these kids have seen Jack and the Beanstalk a million times. This Christmas, let's challenge them. Is that a true story, George? Well, yeah, why would I make something like that up? We walked around the side of the house. Took us ages. Out back overlooking the cliff edge was a pool. There was a few chaise lounge scattered around. There was also a drinks trolley. Paul placed the lamp on there and started to mix up a couple of bull islands. Hey, did you like the boat? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a karaoke machine. You like that? The Vocal Star 2000. <whistles> State of the art. Internet hookup. Yeah, it's great for parties. Do you take the boat out much? Of course, yeah. Sailed into Casablanca last week. Party cruise. Is it like the movie? What? Casablanca. What? Is Casablanca the city like Casablanca the movie? No, not really. Oh. For a start, the real Casablanca is in colour. Oh, that's a pity. I'd still love to go all the same. Maybe I'll take you out in the boat sometime. It's only a few hours away. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. George, I told you, you're a friend now. How would that look? Me on the med on a mobster's yacht? I don't know where you're getting your information from. Oh, yeah? Look at this place. Would you look at your boat? This is all legit, George. Dublin is a long time ago. I've worked hard. I've built up my business here. I have a few bars, a few apartments, a couple of nightclubs. What clubs? The forecourts. I like that place. Next time you're there, mention my name and they look after you. What's the other club? The Dolphins Barn. The country and western place? You've been there? No. I heard it's a classy joint, though. Yeah, the wife runs it. Tiki Rock played there last week. Did he? Tiki Rock? Do you like him? Oh, yeah. I do with the singing myself, you know. So I heard. Yeah, you did? What did you hear? Word in the street is you're Mr. Tinsel Tonsils. <laughs> I go. Really? Fergus told me. Do you want a shot? A what? You could audition for the wife. Audition what for the wife? These guys don't bring a support act. It's too expensive. We hire local. Twink's coming next month. You could open for her. Twink? Oh, I love Twink. I mean, I, I grew up with all those guys. Twink, Dickie, Sonny, Tony, Red. My ma was a flapper in the Crofton Airport Hotel. <laughs> she had a stage name. D.D. De Valera. Do you ever think that... No, it doesn't matter. What? No, no, nothing. Go on, say it. No, it's just that I always play with the idea that you know, I might have a stage name. Sure. What are you thinking? Johnny Fingless. Johnny Fingless? No. It lacks something. How about Johnny Casablanca? Oh, oh that's good. I'll phone the wife. Set something up. <laughs> well, Paul, I have to say, I like the whole idea of it. I like being called Johnny Casablanca. Not as much as I like being called Johnny Fingless, but I still like it. I like the fact that you are going to turn this little frog into a prince, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to turn you down. Why? Because I've been reading you. Reading me? Yep. A little trick I picked up in training in the Dublin Youth Theatre. What? Yeah, during our little talk there, I was sizing you up. You have a lot to hide. What am I hiding? Well, for a start, murder. I thought you were off the case. Yeah, but I've still got a corpse down the morgue. And are you trying to buy my silence? <laughs> Ah, oh, George. Let me get you another drink and explain it all to you. Paul poured another Bull Island iced tea. Except this time, it was heavy on the bull. 
You just don't get it, do you? Get what? You're being played, George. She's dealing from a marked deck. Who is? The mother. Who else? Ask yourself this. If I have all this wealth, why would I risk it over some dumb kid? It's a good life out here. People talk to one another. The pubs are packed. Don't get that in Dublin anymore. Yeah, yeah, and people do stupid things like throw kids off boats. She said I killed her husband as well, right? Right? (laughs) I'm not working that case. But she said that, right? She did. Do you know why he was killed? No. One reason, and one reason alone. She wanted him dead. This I didn't see. Look, me and Mo go way back. Back to the flats. I knew her husband too. He was a piece of work. You know the way some guys have love and hate tattooed in their knuckles? This guy had smart and dumb tattooed in his. Seriously. Did it himself with Indian ink. You know why? Why? So we could have one fist for when she was being smart and the other fist for when she was being dumb. He knocked her about. Badly. The kid as well. Badly. So? Paul took a long sip of his drink. As I say, we go way back. She had a bit of a problem, drug-wise. I'd supply her. She got confused. Thought we had some sort of a relationship. So one day, she confided in me. About the husband. So I had a quiet word with the guy. In his local. And he hit me. Hit me hard. Really hard with a smart hand. Should have been the other one because it was the dumbest thing I ever did. You see, what I didn't know was... Maureen had confided in another bunch of guys of a thingless persuasion. A week later, they took the husband out of his pub and shot him. But I was the one seen having the argument with him. The cops were coming down on me. They had their snouts and all me troughs. The heat was too much, so I got out of Dodge. England first, then here. She played me then the way she's playing you now. I had to have a little think about that. Now, wait, it's... It's too big a coincidence, her kid coming here, falling off your boat. That's the thing, George, it isn't a coincidence. He came here looking for me. Why? Why? The same reason you're here. The same reason we're all here. She got into his head too. The kid thinks I killed his dad. The kid thinks I'm the cause of all his troubles. So you killed him? No, I set him straight in a few facts. About his dad and the... He doesn't remember, so I jolt his memory. I tell him about the beatings. And the knuckles. Then he starts remembering. He remembers the knuckles all right. So it's a shock to the poor boy, but he had a right to know. I feel sorry for him, so I give him a job. He's not a bad kid underneath all the chemicals. What did he do for you? Bartended for me, in the club and the boat. He's doing well, gets off the drugs, gets engaged. Everything is hunky-dory. But there was always something about him. Something dark. He starts using again. Beats up his fiance. I guess in the end he came to the conclusion that he was becoming the two things in the world he hated the most. His father and his mother. So he takes my boat out one night. He jumps off. End of story. There's a lot here to corroborate. I mean, I have to go back and talk to the mother. So do it. I have to talk to Eduardo again. Do that. I gotta look at the body once more, talk to the coroner, get a toxology report. Do all of that, it'll check out. But I'll want to talk to the fiancé first. That you can't do. Why not? She's been through enough. And she's my daughter. <gasps> Your daughter? 
Well, that changes everything. I guess I have a little bit more reading to do. What? Chapter 1. The dead kid beats up your daughter. Chapter 2. You get mad and you kill him. Chapter 3. You're going to jail. End of story. Did Sarah Hearn write that story? No, she doesn't do thrillers. Didn't think so, because that book won't sell. (laughs) Yes, it will. We have a blood sample from your boat. And what? That ties you to the crime. What crime? He was the bartender on me boat, for Christ's sake, George. Wake up. There is no crime here to solve. So if I was you, I'd just leave it. It would be real convenient for you if I did. No. It would be real convenient for you. And for her. Is that a threat? The wife. She's putting the schedule together for the summer. I'd love to see Johnny Casablanca's name there. The driver was waiting outside the house. I got him to let me off at a beach bar near Maureen's hotel. I called Eduardo and said I wanted to see the body again. I sat and watched the bartender mix my cocktail. The talk with Paul and my mind racing. Was Paul guilty? Was there even a crime? Was Maureen crazy? Where did I think I was going with all this? Had I given enough thought to the name of Johnny Casablanca? I had so many questions, Pat. I phoned Maureen's hotel. She told me to come up. I knocked on the door. She was dressed in black. So, did you talk to Eduardo? Yeah, I talked to Eduardo. And? He put me in touch with Paul Costello. You met him? Yeah. I tried to read her reaction, but she was like a self-published novel. A closed book. He's got to you, hasn't he? Paul gets to everyone in the end. Is it true? You had your husband killed. Is that what he told you? Yeah. Did he tell you he was in love with me? No. Did he tell you about Hannah and her sisters? What? He took me to Hannah and her sisters. So? He was my drug dealer. What sort of a drug dealer does that? She sat on the bed. There was a bottle of vodka and a bucket of ice. I mixed the drinks. Yeah, at first I'd do him favours to pay for the drugs. Favours? Of a sexual nature. But then one day he said, Instead of that, why don't we go to see Hannah and her sisters? I said, all right. He took me to the cinema, trying to impress me. At the start, I was happy enough to pay off me debt that way. We'd sit there in the screen on the green, looking at Leather to Brezhnev or Love as a Dog in Hell. Then once, during I heard the mermaid singing, he held me hand. It was getting personal now. I'd had enough. I had enough of all this touchy-feely arthouse shite. I begged him. Paul, can we not go back to the sexual favours? He doesn't like this. He thinks we're in love. So I finished with him. Got a new dealer. Just in time as well. Because Paul had mentioned there was a French film festival coming up. I handed her a drink. So he gets the hump. Starts getting it into his head that Frank, me husband, was the only reason why me and Paul couldn't be together. So he goes into the pub and declares his undying love for me. Frank laughs and clocks him one. The next week, Frank gets shot. You connect the dots, copper. Yeah. I have joined the dots. 
And you know what I got? A picture of a clown with my face. So that's it. You're out. Paul's got to you. Thanks for your help. The door is over there. No. I have one question. I gotta know one thing. One simple thing. Because I'm getting it from all angles. I don't know who to believe. Everybody sounds convincing. So here's my question. And this will settle it once and for all. Are you telling the truth? What difference does it make? I'll tell you what difference it makes. I'm sticking my career on the line over this. I have a deckhand that wants to press charges. I have a job that could go up the Swanee. And if that goes down the river, how will I afford to see my kids in Poland? So I'll ask you again before I make my next move. I've got to ask you. Are you telling the truth? She moved up beside me on the bed. She held my face and said, Yes, George. She kissed me on the lips. Well, Pat, her mouth tasted like the truth. So what's your next move? I'm going to go down to the morgue. I'm going to get an independent autopsy. It's too late. They released the body this morning. Sean was cremated this afternoon. No, I put a call into Eduardo. I wanted to look at the body again. Jesus Christ, it all makes sense now. This goes all the way to the top. That's it. This time I kissed her. And Pat, that was the last time we touched. I called Eduardo. That evening we met again at the Dollymount Strand. What's the story, Eduardo? I wanted to look at the body. I tried my best. The coroner couldn't hold on to it anymore. He could have overruled him. George, there is no crime here. There's no crime here. Paul Costello said that as well. He's right. Oh, yeah? You ever hear of a crooner that goes by the name of Johnny Casablanca? No. Should I? Yeah, you should check him out. Paul wants him to do a summer season. And? He was trying to bribe me, Eduardo. Maybe he likes your singing. Ah, don't be stupid. Nobody likes my singing. So I get to thinking, if he wants to bribe me, who else is he bribing? What are you getting at? Well, I've collected a lot of receipts on this trip. Look at this. The Arbor Hilton, the George Hook, the Eamon Dumpling, the Dolly Mount Strand, all of these. So? Over here, they print the name of the proprietor. They are owned by Paul Costello or his wife or his brother or his sister. He owns the whole town. And? My question here, Eduardo. Does he own you? You are asking me, am I in the pocket of Paul Costello? Yeah. Make it official and I'll tell you. File a report. You think I won't, because I will. She must be a hell of a dime, this mother. Here's the deal. If you know what's good for you, go home. If you know what's good for the mother, go home. See you later, George. I'm sorry you had to end up like this, Eduardo, but I'm taking this up to a higher authority. I watched Eduardo walk to his car. I wanted to see if he was scared or not. He wasn't. Instead, he looked determined. Like he'd made up his mind about something. Then, as I took the last of my drink, it was my turn to get scared. Jesus, they weren't stupid. They knew I was investigating this because of her. If there was no her, then... No investigation. I grabbed my receipt and got out of there. The receptionist at Maureen's hotel said she'd checked out. I flashed my badge. A minute later I was inside the room. 
It was dark. The balcony door was open. The net curtain was billowing in the breeze. The room had been serviced. Immaculate. There was no sign of anyone staying here, which meant there was also no sign of a struggle, no sign of a crime, no sign of a murder, no sign that she might have cried out for my help. Jesus, this is like the boat again. The boat. Of course, if they were going to do it, they would do it there. Makes sense. Don't you think, Pat? I got a taxi over to the marina, walked the pier to the boat. Squawk box was on the deck blocking my way. Don't make me hit you again. I'm serious. I picked up a bucket. It's okay, put it down, George. Costello came up from below. Where is she, Pop? For Christ's sake, George, go home. Where is she? Who? Don't, I'm not in the mood. He thought for a second. Come on down below. I'm about to mix some bull islands. I followed Costello. Maybe he wanted to kill me too. At this stage, I couldn't care less. I wanted to know the truth. When we got below, Eduardo was sitting at a table. A large pile of cash was sitting on it. What's he doing here? Eduardo tried to put a newspaper over the cash. Paul grabbed the paper. Leave it. This ends tonight. You getting your wages, Eduardo? Go to hell, George. Come on, guys. It's cocktail hour. Let's be civilised. Where is she? You don't want to know. No, I do want to know. That's why I asked the question. Paul mixed up four bull islands. Are you sure? Yeah. Come on out, honey. The bedroom door opened. And Maureen came out. Jesus, are you okay? Paul handed out the drinks. Maureen got the fourth. What's going on? I'm sorry, George. About what? What did I tell you? She's been playing you. She's a hell of a dame. She got you to kick up such a stink about this kid, she knew I'd either have to kill her or buy her off. Isn't that right, Mo? Now, as a policeman, I advised Paul here that technically murder is against the law. He's right. I looked it up on the internet. So we took the other route. The monetary route. More civilised. You can do it over cocktails. Cheers, everybody. Eduardo and Paul raised their glasses. I just looked at her. Eduardo counted her money, put it in an envelope, and gave it to her. Hold on a minute. Hold, hold on one second. This is all very cosy. Everybody gets what they want here. There's, there's still a murder. There's still corruption. There's only a crime here if there was a crime to cover up in the first place. And I think we're all agreed that that poor boy threw himself off my boat. Isn't that right, Mo? She took her time to answer. Isn't that right, Maureen? She looked straight at me. Yeah. Oh, that's got to hurt, kid. Wait a minute. This doesn't end here. I can still go to a higher authority, find out what's going on here. Yeah, you could. And here's the plan. Eduardo and myself and Maureen are going to walk down to the Chinese at the end of the pier. We want to give you some thinking time. Think about what? Well, you have a choice. You can keep your mouth shut and you can walk out of here a cop with a pension plan of summer crooning or you can go all gabby but then you walk out of here with a whole bag of shit coming down on top of you breaking and entering, intimidation the serious assault of a deckhand it's your choice take your time I had a dilemma on my hands he saw me looking at the karaoke machine he smiled okay Mr Tinsel Tonsils knock yourself out you can entertain the shit out of the fish I'll leave the keys. In the morning, I want to know what your decision is. Come on, guys. They started to leave. She was last. She turned and said, Like I said at the very start, George, I just don't like cops. They left me to it. That was four hours ago.
I sat down below deck thinking about what to do. Then it hit me. It hit me hard. Nobody cared about George Gibney and this whole mess. He was a nobody. And nobody cares about nobodies. Who would care if George Gibney wasn't around anymore? Not Maureen. Not you, Pat. And not even his Polish kids. That's when I started to think it would be better for everyone if George Gibney wasn't around anymore. I grabbed the keys. I had a look at the controls on the boat. It seemed simple enough. About ten minutes outside Playa de Irlande, I parked the thing. I looked at the flickering lights of the town. Then I looked down to the murky depths of the water. And that's where I decided that George Gibney would end his life. And that's where I decided that Johnny Finglas would be born. I have to tell you, Pat, he's a great guy. Takes charge. No bullshit. He even helped me throw George overboard. Grab his little flat feet! Yeah, I like him. After we dumped George, he grabbed the wheel. Guess where he's taking us, Pat? Guess where? The Casablanca? Not the colour Casablanca, either. Johnny says... If you say there's a city out there that's in black and white, mate, then we'll find it. And that's where we are now, Pat. So I'll see you. You know, I think me and Johnny are going to have a beautiful relationship. See you, Sarge. Oh,